You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, how's the tribe doing today? We doing all right? Yeah, so good to see you guys here in the Cameo, as well as those of you that are worshiping online. And if you're experiencing this service online, go ahead and smash that like button and comment. If you, It'd be cool if you could do that because it helps the algorithm, it helps your church. So uh, we're starting a new series today. We want to get the message out there about God moments. See, and when uh, Jeannie and I first started dating, we were in college and she had this roommate named Lynn. And Lynn would always sleep on her stomach, sometimes put her arms underneath her stomach when she would sleep. And one morning, they're both awakened to Lynn's alarm. You know, it's going, eh, 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 you know, that annoying alarm sound. And Jeannie uh, is trying to wake up too, and she can see Lynn trying to turn off her alarm, but she'd been sleeping on her arms, and her arms fell asleep. And so she's like (laughs) trying to throw this limp arm over there to try and turn off the alarm. When Jeannie was there all the while and could help, you know, and was kind of laughing with her on that, really. But have you ever wished that you could wake up from the noise? Do you ever, you ever have like relational tension with someone and there's a lot of this going on? And you ever wish that you could wake up to a better reality? Well, that's the case with the Bible character that we're going to study today. We're basically doing a character study of Jacob in the Old Testament of the Bible. Now, let me tell you about Jacob in case you don't know about Jacob. He was a smooth-skinned, metrosexual-looking kind of guy, probably like Zac Efron. So if you think of Zac Efron, this is Jacob, okay? He's a mama's boy. He was probably a really good chef. The Bible says he could cook really good. And like I said, he was smooth-skinned, so he probably used like exfoliators, you know? And like Nacho Libre says, he had all those fancy creams and lotions, you know? This is Jacob. But not only was he a smooth-skinned guy, but... He was a bit of a manipulator as well. And that's why he got into trouble with his brother. Now, his brother is very different. His brother's name uh, in in the story here was Esau. And Esau was more of a teen wolf kind of a guy, if you know what I mean. Like, he was a hairy kind of a guy, follically gifted. In fact, I was looking back at the archaeological record, and one of the archaeologists found this inscription of Esau going to the beach. Take a look at this inscription. Okay, this is this is Esau. <laughs> he could use a little wax on the back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Esau was a hunter kind of a guy. You know, if he was alive today, Esau would have had one of those trucks, you know, with camo all over it and a flag that says, come and take it. You know, he's like lifetime member of the NRA. That's Esau. He's like watching the MMA matches, you know, on pay-per-view all the time. Esau was a hunter. He liked to fight. And so that created tension and problems when Jacob, his smooth operator of a brother, swindled Esau out of his inheritance. How would you feel if one of your brothers or sisters tricked your mom or dad to giving them all of your inheritance? How would that feel? Well, didn't feel so good for Esau. And 
Most of you know there's no drama like family drama. And that, what, that was what was going on between two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Esau is angry and he's chasing down his brother. They're going to throw down. But this is why the smooth operator runs. <laughs> he's on the run and he's tired. And he decides to stop and rest. It's at night. Pulls up a stone, uses it as a pillow, lays down there, and he has a dream. It was a God moment. And it wasn't just any dream. It wasn't just a dream like when you eat too many tacos or whatever. It was like a God dream. And you know what happened in the dream? He sees these angels going up and down like a ladder or an escalator or a stairway. It was like a stairway to heaven, if you will. And then Jacob hears the voice of God. And God says, I'm going to bless you, Jacob. I'm going to bless you with children. I'm going to bless you with land. All the descendants of the earth are going to be blessed through your family line, Jacob. And I'm going to protect you. And Jacob's like, I could use a little protection right now because my brother's coming after me, you know. And so he wakes up from his dream. And we'll check in with the story there in Genesis chapter 28, verse 16 on screen or on your phone app Bible or however you read your Bible. And it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He'd gone to sleep. He, he just thought it was a regular place. And God was there. And he didn't even know it. Right? If you're parents. Have you ever carried your kids in from the minivan? They were asleep. You were carrying them. They didn't even know it, did they? And that's the way God is in our lives. Sometimes he carries us in and worse, so we don't even know, but he's there. See, Now, have you ever seen God doing something elsewhere and you thought God's working over there, but he's not working over here with me? Have you ever thought that? Like you see a testimonial at church that's all inspiring of someone else and what God did in their life. And you think, yeah, God's over there with them, but he's not really so much with me. Or maybe you go to a big church conference or uh, some big Christian event. And you think, yeah, God's there. And by the way, he is there. But he's not at my little small group Bible study or my little tribe group or whatever. He's got to be over there, but he's not here because it's not as dynamic. Well, I'm going to suggest something different to you today. And it's one simple idea based upon the Jacob story and other scriptures, everywhere you go, God is. When I say that again, I'm going to point to you, and I want you to say those last two words, God is, when I point to you. You ready? Here we go. Everywhere you go, God is. Let's try it one more time. Everywhere you go, God is, is what, it, what it's about. And can I punctuate that point in David's life? In Psalm chapter 139, verse 7, David says, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. <laughs> if I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. And here's what I believe God is doing in our church, in our tribe, in our hearts, in our lives collectively together as he's giving us eyes to see where he's moving. He's giving us eyes to see during this series called God Moments 
his activity, his work, what he's involved in, what he's doing right here, right there. He's everywhere, isn't he? And so there's this passage, John 5, that talks about this. It's John 5, 17, where Jesus says, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. So God the Father and Jesus, they're always doing something. They're always working somewhere. Now, uh, this was in one of my God times recently because I'm going through this little workbook. And I've gone through this workbook like many times throughout my life, probably five or ten times in my whole life. And it's called Experiencing God. It's written by a guy named Henry Blackaby. And there are a couple of principles that he teaches in this book. And one of the principles is, is that God is always at work around you. Because remember, everywhere you go, God is, right? So it also says God invites you to become involved with him in his work. So when you see what he's doing, when you encounter, sense what God is doing, that is the invitation for you and I to join him in whatever it is that he is doing there. Now, remember, it's easy to believe that he's somewhere else, but the challenge is to discover who you are, and what God is doing right around you, wherever you are. That means in every relationship, he's somehow there. Everywhere you, you go to school, we got a lot of young people in our church, and you think, God's not in my school, man. These kids are crazy at my school. No, he's always at work in every school. Some of you have a job, and you're like, God's not at my job. No, God's at your job. He's in your warehouse. He's at your military base. He's in every cubicle. He's always working, isn't he? He's working in every church service too. Do you know that? You may not always encounter it. Sometimes you go to church and you're like, I didn't feel anything. You know, it's just like, doesn't mean he wasn't working. That's why I like this little quote from a book. It's written by John Robinson, Honest to God. And he says, the purpose of worship is not to escape from this world to the other world, but to open oneself to the meaning of the Christ in the common. That's what we're looking for in these God moments. And the purpose of this church service today is not so that you and I can escape from the real world, but rather so that we can be transformed here so that we have spiritual eyes to see where he's working in the common, everyday relationships and people that we come in contact with. See, these are the God moments where he's there, he's here, even if we didn't know it, see? Because everywhere you go, God is, right? Now, I had this strong sense that God is here with us in our church. And there are a couple of reasons I know that. One is that God regularly provides for our church in miraculous ways that we couldn't have done. So I'm going to tell you one of those stories. And I've told this story recently, but I got to retell this story because I know you guys don't come to church every week. You come like once a month or twice a month. I still love you so much, but that's the way it works, right? Well, here's what happened. A year and a half before the pandemic hit, a friend of mine in the church had a dream, like Jacob had a dream here. My friend had a dream and he knew it was a God dream. And in the dream, it was so intense, these, this dream that he had, this God dream, he said, Doug, we got to have lunch. I got to talk to you about this. And so we had lunch and we get together, we're having lunch. And he says, Doug, in my dream, I saw you preaching to an empty cameo theater. 
And I thought, that's a bummer. Everybody's going to leave the church. You know, everybody's going to leave and I'm by myself. I don't blame you. But you know, it's what I like. And it's what he said in the dream. And then he says in the dream, the Lord told him, you're supposed to give the church $6,500 and it's for camera equipment. And so at that lunch, he hands me a wad of cash and I brought it up here to the church. I gave it to our executive pastor, Jake, who was able to leverage that $6,500 to buy camera equipment to sure up our online streaming video of our church services. And so we got it. We took a long time to get it all set up and get it all ready. And right when the pandemic hit and we went into quarantine, we were totally prepared to stream our services online. Right on? And further, yeah, that's, that's where clap. Thank the Lord. And you know what else? That friend of mine that had the dream, he was volunteering down here at the theater during the pandemic. And he walked right down those steps over there. And he walked down this aisle and he saw me standing right here teaching you guys in, in an empty cameo theater, just like he had seen in his dream on camera equipment that he helped to purchase. See? Because God is here and he's providing for our church in miraculous ways. You know, another reason I know that God is here, everywhere there are God moments, there are changed lives. And there's a guy in our church that's been changing, changed. His name is Justin. And uh, he's single too, ladies, so you need to really watch this video right here, okay? So take a look at Justin's story by way of video. So I was at another church for about 10 years, uh, and then I joined the Cultivate program. Honestly, it was just to impress a girl that was uh, here. And so what I got from the experience, though, was that uh, I was going through a divorce. I had went through a divorce about a year before that, and uh, I was really in a dark place and really didn't know my own worth, and I was broken. Uh, and so the Cultivate program allowed me to dig up all those, those past traumas and those wounds that I wasn't knowing how to, I, was, I wasn't able to process. Uh, I put... Uh, I almost idolized my ex-wife over God, and I idolized my marriage over God. And so when God took that away from me, I was kind of lost. And I didn't know what to make of myself. I didn't really have an identity. Uh, and so I chose to turn to God instead of turning to the world in that pain. And what God said to me is that I am worthy, I am good enough, and I am redeemed, I am loved, I'm lovable. And He loves me no matter what. And there's nothing that I can do to make Him love me any less. And there's nothing I can do to make Him love me any more. And so that freedom in that allows me to pour out this love and joy that I have now in my heart freely to others. And so it doesn't hinder me from uh, loving others. In fact, it encourages me to love others more. And that's really what we're called to do as disciples is to love one another. You know, love yourself and love, love one another and love Jesus. And I think that's really what I was able to experience from that and what I'm able to give now so freely and so willingly and so joyfully to give those kind of things now. Isn't that great? Yeah, isn't that great? And so some of you know the pain of divorce. But God can help you through that. And people here being healed of past pains, hurts, hang-ups, all kinds of stuff. And that's one of the reasons I know that God is here with us. If you see Justin when you're on your way out today, just tap him on the shoulder and just say, hey, man, thank you for sharing your story of a God moment, you know, and, and if you're a single lady, it could be a God moment when you tell <laughs> your pastor is so naughty. Okay, but check this out. So um, God moments, 
can make a commonplace a sacred space. You know that. A commonplace becomes a sacred space when a God moment happens there. Let me take you to the next passage, Genesis chapter 28, verse 18. As scripture says, after Jacob's dream, it says, so early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, which means house of God. Now, the ancients would stack up rocks and stones for a lot of different reasons. You know, they would create markers like property markers. They didn't always have, you know, fences everywhere, but they would put a stack of stones. They would make it where, where someone died, you know, kind of like our headstones today. They'd pile up rocks. Sometimes it was a memorial from something spiritual that had taken place somewhere. That's called an Ebenezer. You always thought Ebenezer was just the Scrooge, but it's actually a pile of stones that creates a memory device to remember something that God did. And that's what's taking place here. And so it changed from, the name of the place changed from Luz, which is just a, a common everyday place, to Bethel, house of God, because a common space becomes a sacred space. Commonplace becomes a sacred space when a God moment happens there. Now, this church here is just a common theater, isn't it? You know, I was talking to our London partner. You heard Pastor Johnny last Sunday from London, and he gave an amazing message. But we were talking before church last Sunday, and he was telling me about one of the venues that they had their church in in London. Amy Winehouse had played there, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I told him, Johnny, you know, this stage that you're about to go out and teach on here at City Tribe Church, you know, Fats Domino played here, and B.B. King played here, and later, like, rock bands like Nirvana and Metallica played right here on the Cameo Station, in addition to the Butthole Surfers, right on? And so uh, I said, man, this is common, amazing, great history. Back, I've heard people in church, you know, they've come up to me and Pastor Doug, back in the 90s, I went to a rave in the cameo. One dude was like, Pastor Doug, I did acid right down there. <laughs> and now I'm raising my hands in worship. Because <laughs> right. see, a common place becomes a sacred space when the people of God are there. There's nothing about the building that's special, but it's the presence of Christ in us when we come together here, because everywhere you go, God is. Right on. That's what it's all about. Now, I read this little book that helped me on this series, inspired me, and it's called The God Moments Principle, and it's written by Alan Wright, and he describes or defines God moments as those experiences of God's loving activity in our lives that change us. You saw Justin's story of change, and I could point to people all over this room who have changed through the power of God, had God moments that changed them. And in this series, we're going to be looking at several different kinds of God moments that take place in our lives. So next week, we're going to be looking at what's called amazing rescues. Has anybody ever been in a car wreck or been in some kind of accident where you could have died, but you didn't? You're here today. God moment. We're going to look at that next Sunday. Don't miss it. 
after that, it, it, it's, I felt like I wanted to die. Anybody been in that place where you felt like you wanted to die, but for some reason you're here today? God moment. For others, it's calling. You had an epiphany and realized the direction that God was calling your life. It's a God moment. Other times, God's not giving you what you want. You know that, right? He doesn't spoil us. He does what we need, not what we want all the time, and we wrestle with him. It's like, God, I'm going to wrestle with you until I get what I want. He said, all right, bring it. Wrestling with God, when you wrestle with him, it's a God moment. And we're going to be in this series as long as the Holy Spirit leads us to be in this series. And then when we feel like we're done, we're going to be done with it. But these are the things that we have on the docket so far. And I want to invite you and encourage you to be here every Sunday during this series, online or here in person. And it's not because I want you to check off your I attended church box to get God to love you more. The reason I want you here or want you to receive this content it's because you've already had God moments, and just like Jacob, he was here, and you didn't even know it. He was there. He was with you, and you didn't even know it, and I believe it's going to encourage your faith when you see your God moments from the past, and furthermore, some of you are going to have God moments today. You're going to have God moments next week. You're going to have God moments throughout this series, and I don't want anybody to miss a God moment. That's what we want, right? So make sure and come on back every week because the events of your life are not coincidences. There are no coincidences in the kingdom of God. It was not a coincidence that Jacob had that dream that day, and it's not a coincidence that many years after Jacob had lived and died, there was a guy who would be in a part of his family line who would also awaken. And this guy awakened from the dead. And through him, all the families of the earth were blessed. That would be, of course, Jesus, who died on the cross to pay for my sin and for yours, and then he rose again from the dead to prove that he was, God is, legit. See, it wasn't a coincidence. It had been predicted many years before, and because of this, Jacob set up a stone called an Ebenezer to remember his God moment, because everywhere you go, God is. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this service, and I was cleaning out my dresser drawer, you know, not really my dresser, but my nightstand, if you will. Anybody besides me have a nightstand? You get this stuff in there, and you just pile stuff in there, and I get so much stuff piled in my nightstand that I have to clean it out every once in a while so I can keep opening the drawer. And so I was cleaning it out, and I found this little stone in there, because sometimes I go on trips, and when I go somewhere... I'll sometimes pick up a rock or a stone so I can remember the place that I went, you know? And I'd gone to this place in Israel called the Valley of Elah. Jeannie and I took a trip there, and I picked up a little stone. Well, you know what the Valley of Elah is? That's the place where young David picked up a stone and put it in a sling and whirled it and killed Goliath the giant. And so I picked up a stone to remind me that our God can do miraculous things through common people when we adjust our lives to him and submit our lives to him. See? And if you walk into our side yard, kind of our backyard side yard at our house, you would see little rocks everywhere. Because when we go out to the hill country streams and rivers with friends, with family, we'll take a bucket and we always 
find rocks that we think look cool and we put them in the bucket, you know? And one of the things that Jeannie really likes are these heart rocks. I brought this one from our backyard because it looks like a heart. And so we're always looking for those heart rocks. And part of the reason is, is that God saved our marriage. It's God moment. We love each other. And it reminds us of our love for each other and God's love for us and all the good things that God has done in our lives. It's a reminder. And so now we're looking for heart rocks. And that's why we find them. Have you ever noticed, like, if you're not looking for something, maybe you'll miss it? Like, have you ever got a certain kind of car? And you didn't realize so many people had that same kind of car until you're driving around. You see your kind of car right here. There's another one, right? There's another one. That's the same thing with God moments, isn't it? It's that if you're not looking, he can be here. He can be there. And you don't even notice. In fact, some of you are going to leave here and you're going to see stuff that's heart-shaped. And when you do, may it be a reminder that God loves you. He sees you. He cares about you. Now, when you came in today, you got a stone, didn't you? You got those stones? You can say to your relatives this afternoon, we got stoned at church today. Super awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we got stoned. But what that stone is there for, it's, it's a reminder. Now, this rock, your stones, are they magical, mystical, powerful stones? No. There's rocks. They're common things. Like a pop-up reminder on your phone to remind you to do something, right? And here's what I want you to do is I want you to take your stone home with you particularly those of you that are spiritual investigators, take the stone home with you and just put it on your nightstand or on your counter, your table, or and every time you see it, let it be a reminder for you to seek after God and ask him, God, if you're real, would you show me a God moment? Show me the ones I've already had. Show me one now so I can come to know you. If you are already a Christ follower, already a believer in Jesus, take your stones put it somewhere you remember it. You might even want to write on it with a Sharpie marker, a God moment you've had in your past. Maybe it was the time when you first initially met Jesus. Maybe it was a time where you could see that God did something in your life or for you that changed your life. You had a God moment like what Justin described on his video moments ago. But remember, there are no magic rocks. It's not about the rocks. It's not about a building. It's about everywhere you go, there God is, see? So I'm going to ask you to stand now, and in this next part of the service, we're going to sing. And as you're standing up, I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to, to come down to the front and kneel and pray. And that's for two different reasons. One is, some of you should come and kneel and pray and say, Hey, God, would you open my eyes to see the God moments I've had before in my life, the ways that you were working in my life and I didn't realize you were there. Just kneel and say, hey God, bring to memory where you were working in my life. I didn't even know it. And others of you pray, God, I want a God moment. Anybody besides me want want a God moment in your life during this series? Anybody? Yeah, a bunch of us, yeah. You see all those hands around here and look, your prayers are powerful. And some of you could come and pray and ask God 
to give God moments in our church. Did you know that your prayers are so powerful that you could pray and someone else here at church could have a God moment that they've never had because you prayed and asked God to bring them. So as we sing and worship today, let's, let's ask our good father for some moments of him, some God moments so that we can encounter him. And look, here's what I know is going through someone's head. Someone is here and you're thinking, I'm not the church kind of person. I'm not going to have a God moment. Someone else is thinking, you know, I'm pretty wild. And I've done some crazy stuff in my day. <laughs> I couldn't have a God moment. You just challenged him. That's his speciality is giving God moments to crazy people, you know? People have done some jacked up stuff. What you don't know is that this room's full of people like you are now, who've been changed by, the, by God moments, by encounters with him. And he loves you, and he's drawing you now. So let's pray and sing and worship and ask him for some more God moments today.
you're doing all around us. I was hearing stories of God moments between services, and you're doing the same here up front and all across the room and even over the internet. And as we're all kind of bowed before God right now, because we know that he's here, there's someone here, I believe, who's never had a relationship with God. But today, for some reason, you want one. That may describe you. you. You, For some reason, for the first time in your life, you want a relationship with God. And it's dawning on you that he's not really up in the sky somewhere with a hammer ready to smack you for the stuff you've done wrong. But his heart is really to draw you to himself as a beloved daughter, a beloved son. And if you sense the presence of like a more pure love than you've ever encountered, that's God by his Holy Spirit. And if you would like a love relationship with him, that if you've never had one before, you want it right now. It's simple to do. You just talk to him. Just talk to him in your own heart and mind right now and say something like this. Just in your own heart, say, God, look, I know I've done some crazy stuff. God, I know I've sinned. I've done some stuff I'm ashamed of, quite frankly. But God, right now in this moment, I choose to believe that when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus died there, shed his blood there to pay for my sin. He took the punishment I deserved. And God, I choose to believe that Jesus rose again from the dead to give me new life. If you just said that to God, just prayed that to God, and you want me to know about it, just peek up at me. Just peek up real quick. Make sure we lock eyes. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Anybody else back there? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in people's lives in all these services today and some of us are praying before God we already know him but we're saying hey God we want more God moments because we want more of you 
so welcome in our church to reveal yourself to people. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Anybody want to thank God for how good he's been to us today? Right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So you guys take a load off just for a minute as we wrap up today. You know that there'll be folks here to pray with you uh, at the end of the service, if that would be helpful for you. Now, some of you uh, are having children and, you know, you know what causes that, right? Well, anyways, you're having children and uh, we want to dedicate ourselves and our kids to the Lord. That's why we're having child dedications next Sunday, October the 23rd. And so if you want to devote your kids and yourself to raise your kids in the ways of God, by all means, get registered on our website. Um, you know, right after the service. So also, if you prayed to begin a relationship with Jesus today or at any time in your life and have not yet followed him in the first step of obedience, which is baptism, uh, make sure you get signed up and registered for baptism on the 30th of October. It's going to be right here. And the way it works, in case you're new here, we set up a little water trough here and we baptize you right here, dunk you under the water in, in the theater here, bring all your friends and family to see you be baptized to proclaim your love for Jesus publicly because you're not ashamed of him, right? Uh, because he's given you a God moment. Now, the Jacob story is actually not over. Do you know that? And there's one more passage from the story that we read that I want to show you. And this is where the scriptures say, this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. And so I had a brother outside that was telling me the way that finances work in the kingdom is that we put our hands out in a position to receive from the Lord. And then we receive. And with what we receive, we also give. It's like a river, not a stagnant puddle. See? And when you have God moments, it leads you to want to give to things that are important to Jesus. See? If you're new to church or whatever, we don't like put up the pressure, you know, or, or anything on you to, to give resources or money here. But I'm so grateful for the many of you who are part of this church that are seeing stories change and people's lives change because of your generosity, faithfulness to the tithe is what it's called. If you don't know what tithe means, it's just a tenth, like what Jacob did whenever he had a God moment. And there are four ways to pull that off here at City Tribe. You can, as it says back here, mail in your offerings and, and tithes to the P.O. Box number. You can also text tithe. If you do everything by text, you can go to the giving stations near the exits of the theater, or you can just go to our website on any device, citytribe.church slash tithe and take care of it that way. So before you guys worship through your financial stewardship, let's stand up together and receive a word of benediction over us. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you recognize Christ in the common at your home or your work.